You want football? Steps up. He is looking. We got football. He is going deep. You want Eagles football? And in for the touchdown is Jeffrey. Welcome to the Convo. We are the Philly Convo, and I am your host, Josh Davis, and here with my co-host, Hunter Marchetto. And, uh, man, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, you know, the this last game against Atlanta, we were hit hard last year with injuries. Uh, and even though the majority of them last year came, uh, you know, in, in one game, um, it just seemed like a little bit we were we were eased into it a little bit more and and Sunday night man it's like the game started Hunter and even though Deshaun was on the field for a few plays Alshon was on the field until the second quarter it was almost as if they were never even out there and nobody knew why you know like did you get that feeling too oh a hundred percent um this looking back and, and looking back at it now, the way I described it to people was Carson Wentz looking back over, I guess, you know, what he played last season um, and last week. Also, he has shown that he has no issue starting off slow to have a great second half. The only problem with that being you can start slow against the Redskins any day of the week. You can't start slow against the Atlanta Falcons because they'll take advantage. And that's exactly what happened. You know, when they're healthy, they're one of the better, uh, especially against the passing game. Uh, you know, they, they've got that defensive line that can get in the backfield uh, at any given moment. I mean, you got Tack, uh, you got Grady Jarrett, you know, those guys. I mean, he was sacked three times, uh, but he was hit a whole lot more than that. You know, uh, um, it, Wentz was even in the concussion protocol at one point, you know, with, with, with these slow starts. We've, we've finished strong, but it, it seems like, you know, this has been a curse of the Philadelphia Eagles for at least as long as I've been watching them, and I've been watching them since the late 80s. We can't finish games, and it's not necessarily always on the offense to finish uh, because we, we need the defense to step up and do the same. Uh, that last play, you know, going into, you know, the last few minutes of the, of the fourth quarter, um, you know, that last play on defense there where, where – and look, man, I've gone back and watched this uh, because I had just – and I mean literally seconds before that ball was snapped on that play, praised Razul Douglas for his play against Julio Jones. And then the next thing you know, Julio Jones is hitting 20 miles an hour running down the sideline for a touchdown. And at first I was like, man, like what, what, just, what just happened? And then I went back and I looked and – no, you never want to, uh, at least I don't, I don't ever want to, we should never be in a position to where a, a call or a no call can cost you the game. You know, there's so many other minutes and seconds in the game where, you know, plays need to be made. And, and you know, I know that, you know, you can't take a playoff, but he was, he was mugged. He was pushed in the back out of the way and Jones just like took it to the house. Uh, that wide receiver screen was set up well by the Falcons, and I don't want to harp on the fact that we didn't uh, 
uh, you know, we didn't get the call, but uh, it was blatant right in the middle of his back, and he was shoved out of the way, and that's how Jones got got so open to get down the field. But, uh, you know, these late starts, man, if we can get this figured out, and I don't know that we can because this is not anything new. This is something that, you know, we start slow, and then, you know, we have an issue with finishing games. Um, but it, this was bigger than that. Like, I believe that, you know, it had, had we been full strength, this would not have been an issue because we saw, and I know, I know he threw two interceptions, but, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I'm not holding Wentz 100% responsible for those. Um, you know, there were a couple of the younger guys, more inexperienced guys out of position. He was hit. And hell, he, he may have even been a little bit concussed at the time. I mean, he passed through protocol, but, you know, one of those was was not necessarily a good throw by Wentz. But anyway, had we been at full strength, had Alshon and uh, Deshaun Jackson been out there, uh, and had we had somebody that could come in and spell uh, uh, Zach Ertz, you know, because Goddard got hurt too. And we'll go over the list of everybody that was, that was bitten by the injury bug in that game uh, here in a little bit, but. You know, had had those guys been on the field, I believe our offense would have would have been a whole lot better uh, because the Falcons were able to key in on the run and we never could get that off the ground. Did you see the same thing or what are your thoughts? Oh, no. And and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to sit here and harp on a. On a no call, we're not in Dallas, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and and, you know, but. I'm a lot better with a block in the back in the middle of a kickoff being missed. I'm fine with that. But this one was like <laughs> isolated in front of the referee. And you and I there. and that and that was the first thing that I noticed. That was the first thing that I noticed. Um almost as 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 soon as that happened. Um and so that was that was a little frustrating I guess just to watch. Um you hate to lose on something like that, but um, like I said, the game was the game wasn't won or lost there. Um, I am furious with the dumbest rule that we heard about this weekend. Um, I, I understand it's a rule, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it, I don't know. I it just it, it left me speechless. I was furious. Stupidly. Cause be, and I know that they're doing it for safety, but like if the quarterback wants to give himself up, he would slide feet first. When right. a player is diving, he's he's one out of the pocket, so he's a ball carrier at this point. He's crossed the line of scrimmage, so again, he's a ball carrier at this point, and he is diving for the end zone. Or in a situation in the middle of the field, he could be diving for a first down, and. It's like, so you're telling me that d- he's trying to get in the end zone uh, and he dives, and as soon, there's, as soon as he starts that dive, the ball's dead wherever the ball was? Like, come on, man. Like, are you serious? I, I get it that it's been a rule for a couple of years, and I, I understand it's for player safety, uh, but Carson Wentz, while he doesn't, he knows how to slide. These players know how to slide. If they want to give themselves up, as you say, referees, uh, you know, then he will. But if he wants to put himself in harm's way in, in a position to get hit, uh, to score a touchdown, let him do it. Right, and and that's I, I guess that's what's so frustrating is, 
you know, having to watch that, and that changes, you know, the entire, um, that changes the, the entire, you know, fourth quarter, because instead of fighting for a touchdown, we're fighting for a field goal to win it. And, uh, but, you know, that is, it's the nature of the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm cool. I am just really worried about the injuries. And this is go, this goes back, you know, I've talked to, uh, I mentioned this in, in, with, with the entire Pigskin Nut community. You know, this, at what point, because it should have been halfway through the season last year, at what point do we start pointing the finger at the strength and conditioning coaches in Philadelphia sideline? At what point do we finally say, what are you guys doing? Because we had all but what, like two defensive starters? last year coming to the second game of this season we have two of our best receivers out we have Carson who's a little hurt we have Jason Kelsey going to the complete opposite sideline after a play and I mean it's at, at what point do they say enough is enough we need to change this up it's 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 for our player safety you know, and and for me, that's it's 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 frustrating. You know, we're we're paying these guys millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they're not playing because they all keep getting hurt. Yeah, and they, so, uh, and, and and that's what's frustrating. At what point do we say enough is enough? You guys are out. We need people that actually know how to protect the health of our players. Well, you see that that's one thing that they had they tried to. Uh, um... Tried to do something about last year. They got rid of the medical director and they hired a guy, and I don't remember his name. I looked for it really fast, uh, but I couldn't find it. He was hired in, a, in an interim uh, basis, uh, just basically a stopgap guy until Philadelphia could find a, 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 a full-time medical director, and they did that over the summer. Um, but it doesn't seem to have done anything. I mean, this the rest of the staff is still the same, and... I get that hiring a director might change some policy and procedures, but look, we're looking at a team last year that injuries increased by 50% more than what they were in 2017. You know, and if you're, you're not, I'm not saying anyway, that means like if we had eight people injured in 2017, we had 12 people injured in 2018. So it's like, that's, that's insane. You know, it's like we had more than that. I'm just using that as a basis. We're in week two, and look, we can complain about this as Philadelphia Eagle lovers and Philadelphia Eagle fans, but this is league-wide, man. Like, it's not just us. I mean, look at, okay, you've got Roethlisberger's out to a non-contact injury. Uh, Breeze tore a ligament in his thumb. I mean, we got a dude out for mono. Uh, Nick Foles, praise him, but, uh, you know, he's out with a broken clavicle. I mean, we're going to have five teams, including... Uh, including the Carolina Panthers with their Cam Newton issue with his foot, we're going to have five teams starting uh, second-string quarterbacks uh, coming up. Or actually, in the name of the Jets, uh, third-string quarterback uh, starting for them in, in week three, in the third week of the season. And then we had Rob Gronkowski and uh, Andrew Luck retire one at the end of last year one right before this year started both at the age of 29 before they ever reached the age of 30 because of what was going on with their bodies and these injuries and the nfl is talking about making things safer 
and in in the grand scheme of things, they are. But like, I wonder, and, and not necessarily when it comes to a groin injury like uh, like Deshaun has, or or the calf injury. Uh, it, it may be a little bit, but like, do you think that because of all these advances, that some of these guys are taking more chances, taking more risks, maybe not necessarily uh, doing what they need to do in preparation before a game, uh, or, or or something. Something's got to be going on because it's 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 hitting us hard in key places. Um, because not just that, but we've already lost two defensive tackles, uh, Tim Jernigan and. Uh, and Malik Jackson are gone for the year. And, you know, that's two games. We lost Jackson in the first game, and then, and then now we've lost Jernigan. Uh, you know, in, in key spots, you know, we're missing people. Dallas Goddard is out. Corey Clement ended up uh, being out of the game. I don't think he's returning this week. Uh, you know, we've got guys that, that, are, that are gone. Thankfully, we still have the offensive line that's, that's in place. Uh, none of those guys are going to be missing against Detroit. Um, and, and our running game, with the absence of, of Corey Clement, but we still have Howard and Sanders and Sproles. Uh, so I'm glad that we have them. <clears throat> but this is a thing where, even though uh, you know Atlanta was you know was able to key on the run game, and out, and, and that Atlanta is uh, you know. I mean, you know, just to say it, they're a better team than what Detroit has shown that they can do so far. Um, I mean, they've already tied once this year. And I'm not saying anything that we need to overlook because Detroit does have history uh, with playing us very hard. So, you know, this is a team we talked about in the pre-show that can lose every game of the year and then beat the Patriots. You know, so you never really know exactly what team is going to show up. And we go there. No, we don't. No, we play them at home. They come home, so that they come to Philadelphia, so that's a good thing. Uh, we have to go on a road to play the Packers on uh, on the following Thursday. That's what I was thinking about. But anyway, uh, they're going to be able to key on a run if we don't get something, uh, you know, going really quick. Um, you know, I'm hoping that in practice that that we get Arthega Whiteside and we get Hollins uh, coached up a little bit. I mentioned uh, before on on some of our social media and in an article that I wrote. Uh, that uh, Mac Hollins needs to go back and study Jason Avant tape and watch what he was able to do for us to be that third down, uh, you know, possession receiver that we need. Uh, so we're not always leaning on Zach Hertz because as long, I mean, you know, obviously he's going to be one of the bigger ones, uh, bigger targets for Wentz, uh, but he doesn't necessarily have a backup. And as of yet, they haven't signed anybody that I know of. I haven't seen anything and I've been looking all day because there's other news and rumors going around right now, and we'll get to that later. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about them signing anybody or promoting anybody from the practice squad to take over for Dallas, Dallas Goddard. And as of yet, he's still uh, questionable uh, for this weekend. So we need to do whatever we can do to take some pressure off of, off of Zach Ertz. And if, if we can get J.J. and if we can get uh, Mac uh, ready, uh, to take in those roles. And I'm not saying that these guys need to uh, replace a Deshaun Jackson or an Alshon Jeffrey. That's not, that, that, that's not going to happen. Uh, but we need these guys to, to be a little bit better uh, in, their, uh, um, you know, in their roles in this offense for us to be able to be more balanced. Uh, because as long as, as Detroit can key on the run, uh, I think we're going to be in trouble because we need the run to pass. What do you think? 
Oh no, you're you're absolutely correct, and and I understand the whole injury thing is league wide, but for me, when I sit there and look at teams like Dallas, they haven't lost a soul in two games. Not a dang person. They haven't lost nobody. I look at Miami. They haven't lost nobody. <laughs> and Miami's doing nothing but getting hit. <laughs> so when, when, I, when, I, when I look at that, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating. You're right. It's in key positions like wide receiver. Um, wide receiver and, and defensive tackle. And thankfully we have depth. But, I mean, Philadelphia is way too dependent on the tight end position to only have two tight ends. Yeah. And that's just that that's that's just how it is. That's just facts. And so when you look at when you look at the injuries that we're sustaining and how they're prepared for it, I'm not I'm, I'll be the first to say it. They are ill prepared. I'm not sure they really have a plan as to what they're going to do, because, I mean, it's just uh, they're, they're just very ill prepared. And when you're ill prepared, you're ill fated. And that's what we saw in uh, in, in Atlanta on Sunday and that. That game was just frustrating, you know, from from start to finish. Um, that was that that was one of those games we were. I'll, I'll say it, the one one of the games we were supposed to win but didn't. And so, um, when you want to talk about games you're supposed to win, Detroit's absolutely one of those. But um, with this team and with the way they've been starting lately, there's no guarantees. No, it, there really aren't. You know, we got to get better at. Uh... Um, coming out the gates fast, and you know, part of that is uh, is the fact that not a lot of people play in the preseason anymore. And, and uh, um, I've definitely uh, shown my opinion on things like that because we even saw the uh, the great Aaron Rodgers come out slow uh, week one, and he still didn't have that great of a of a, of a game in week two. But um, you know, so you're still going week two, week three. Sometimes some teams are having to go to week four before they're they're actually ready to play an NFL game and we can't have that in Philadelphia and I, especially with these injuries uh you know we got to we got to be we got to be a unit there and missing our two biggest pieces uh to what we can do and what we showed that we can do cuz look I know that it was Washington in week 1 but nobody was going to nobody was going to be able to do uh do anything to stop Deshaun Jackson uh I, and that's not that's not necessarily, you know, the Philly love coming from me. That's that's a fact. Uh, you know what he was able to do on, on a Pro Bowl safety and a Pro Bowl corner. Uh, nobody's going to be able to do that. Nobody's going to be able to do anything to stop that. And you got Alshon Jeffrey, who also went for two touchdowns in Week One. Um, you know he, the way that he plays, it's really hard to stop those guys, especially when we have uh, uh, a guy like Carson Wentz throwing on the ball. And I think that because of what happened in Atlanta, our guys being down, um, you know, we're leaning on Aguilar a little bit more. Uh, I think that he'll come around uh, more this game. I think he was kind of stunned a little bit about what what happened to everything too. While you know, while he's there, like having to take on a different role than one that he had mentally prepared for, because um, he did a he did a good job last year when uh, when Alshon was out, but. Uh, um, definitely can't have him dropping any more passes like he did there in the fourth quarter because as a walk-in, he catches that and we take the lead then. And and you know we're we're not we're not talking about uh, you know we're not talking about losing this game. So um, 
for me though, he redeemed himself catching that ball on fourth and fourteen in traffic. So uh, no, we didn't win the game, but you know he did he did get a get a ball caught in a, in a big big moment there to to help us out. So um, you know we didn't get that much of a pass rush on him, uh, which is something that you need to do uh, when it when it comes to playing a guy like Matt Ryan. Uh, you've got to get to him more. He was only sacked once. Uh, we did get three picks. I mean, he did throw the ball to us three times, uh, you know, but at the same time, both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley went for 10 catches each at 105 and 106 uh, yards, respectively. Uh, Jones had two touchdowns and Calvin Ridley had one. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a tail of the tape. We could not get to him. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later when we talk a little bit about the, uh, um, the rumors and, and stuff going on with, with some players out there right now. Uh, but the way our defense is designed, uh, that one sack came on a blitz. And in case you're new to Philadelphia football, Jim Schwartz does not blitz. Uh, he just doesn't. And for whatever reason, it's not in his defensive scheme. Uh, we do it very sparingly. I wish we did more of it. Uh, but our front four was not able to get pressure. Uh, we sent Sendejo on, on that right up the middle, and he got to him. Uh, and that was the lone sack that we had. And our front has got to get pressure on the quarterback uh, so that we're not leaving our defensive backs, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're not leaving them uh, vulnerable uh, to get beat deep and to allow plays to develop. If we can get pressure, then routes won't develop. Deep plays won't develop uh, because we don't use our safeties in a, in a, in a man-two type way. We, we don't have a lot of safety help over the top. So, um, you know, with that defensive scheme uh, and what they're trying to do there in, uh, in Atlanta and not, uh, not, getting able to, not being able to get to the quarterback, uh, th- that, that was a big issue for our defense uh, what else did you see there on that side of the ball, Hunter? It was just dead. Um, it was just dead. I mean, there was no drive. There was no. I mean, I have I have not heard Fletcher Cox that that quiet in in years, and I mean literally years. Um, he was just non-existent, along with the rest of the defensive line. It was it was just sad. I mean, we're better than that. We are. We're beyond better than that. And um, you might be able to start slow against the Lions, even, but you're you're not going to start slow against the Packers, especially with the way that defense has been playing. That defense has been propping that team up. And um, if you start slow against the Packers, you're gonna find yourself uh, you're gonna find yourself deep pretty quick, especially if that defense continues to play the way it did. Because that <sighs> Matt Ryan is is a phenomenal quarterback, and I, I I don't want any of what I'm saying to take away from him. They're a phenomenal offense. They're an offense that once they get going, they're gonna stay going. But um, Matt Ryan threw three interceptions. That should equal a W. That's what I'm saying. He, he, we, three interceptions, and we're sitting here talking about a four-point loss. And I think, uh, I think that alone basically 
sums the performance on both sides of the ball. And and look, you know, Barnett got in the backfield. He, he was able to get a hand on on uh, on Matt Ryan three times, um, but nobody else was. Brandon Graham may you know he he got there once, uh, but you know you're looking at this when, when you take a look at the box score, and I know uh, that the game is deeper than what the the numbers say. There's a whole lot more that goes into it than what you can read in a box score. Uh, but our leading tackler on that defensive line was Josh Sweat. Uh, he had three tackles. Everybody else, Barnett had two, including that, uh, you know, or he, he had two, and uh, one, one of those was a tackle for a loss. Um, Graham had two. Cox only had one. Curry only had one. And Ridgeway didn't come away with a tackle at all. And that's our front four. That's our front four there. I mean, the name that you did not hear because he got hurt that game was Tim Jernigan. Um, you know, we we weren't able to get him in there, but uh, you know, Barnett and Sweat led the way. Uh, we've got to get Graham involved more uh, with the fact that uh, that we have lost another defensive tackle. Me and you, and, and you know, the other Eagles fans out there too. Uh, Graham is it can be devastating on the end but we saw what he could do last year from the inside do you think that they move him to a defensive tackle spot and and either have curry or sweat or somebody on the edge uh to uh um to to make up for tim jernigan's absence i think at some point they have to do something um i think we're going to be seeing a lot more but believe it or not just how i feel i think we're going to be seeing a lot more of a Sharif Miller, um, when things when all things are said and done, um, maybe get him involved. Uh, but I think Brandon Graham more or less will stay where he's at. I don't think uh, I, I don't think the Eagles are that panicked yet. But um, overall, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, I it, I was mad. But I guess I wasn't as mad as I was just disappointed, especially seeing how, you know, that puts us out of the lead of our division. And that's that's not our fault. It's not our fault the Cowboys start off with the Giants, the Redskins, and Miami back to back to back. But at the same time, both games that we played starting off, they're both Eagles win kind of games. And um, it's because of our ill-preparedness that, uh, that they're not. We're in, and we're sitting here one and one. But, and, and, and going back to something that you briefly touched on, you know, I'm, I'm the exact same way. You know, uh, starters need preseason two, 110%. And, and I, I understand the Rams uh, last season were able to pull off not playing any of their starters and had a phenomenal season. Not every coach is Sean McVay. That's Sean McVay's coaching style. He can do that any day of the week, and it's going to work. That's fine. That's him. It's not every other team in the NFL, and it's sure as hell not the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing the the start of the season. Yeah, and I'll put it to you this way. For the last two years, uh, Chicago Bears has entered that first week against the Green Bay Packers, the better team, and have come away with a loss because they can't get it together on the field. 
the offensive unit was not ready to play this year or last year. That offensive line had a lot of uh, a lot of mental errors, a lot of false starts and holds, and and my goodness, Isaac, man, Sayamalu for us going back to that three holds on Sunday night. Come on, my man, I know that a hold happens on nearly every play, but dude, if you're getting noticed three times. Come on, my man. Like, I know you're better than that. We just re-signed you to another three-year deal. The idea is that he's the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. Um, You know, he's going to slide over to the center spot unless we get somebody else in there. Um, You know, that dude's got to do better than that, and that's that's some of those mental errors. But I mentioned the Chicago thing uh, because it does tie into the Philadelphia Eagles. If Chicago doesn't lose week one, they finish the year with two losses and with a three-way tie with the Rams and the Saints and a possibility at a number two spot in the seating for the playoffs. And they don't put themselves in a situation to lose to our Philadelphia Eagles by a missed field goal. One well, loss. I, I, well, they, they beat the Rams in Chicago last year, so they yeah. would have been the number two seed. They would have been the number one seed. I'm it's, almost certain. It's, it, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, with that win, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into some of those uh, uh, tiebreakers, but it's like they would not have been in the situation to have lost to the Philadelphia Eagles by a missed field goal. Had they prepared their offense more in the preseason, had they given them, because you can't, I don't care what you say, I don't care who you are, you cannot replicate game speed. And you've heard this if you listen to any of these shows that I'm on uh, for Pigskin Nut Radio. You cannot replicate game speed in practice. You can't. You you really can't even replicate it in a preseason. But what you can do is put them in actual game situations where it's a game environment. There are referees out there. There's another team out there that you're firing off on. You put them in those type of situations, and they can prepare themselves more more on a mental and and be able to get you know in tune with the players around them, especially an offensive line. Uh, you know, there's just got to be more to do. You've got to play your your starters more in the preseason. I understand you don't want to hurt anybody, uh, but the two biggest injuries these past two years were in the preseason were the running backs, Darius Geis last year, um, and uh, Lamar Miller this year. Uh, I know that other people were banged up, including Cam Newton for for the Panthers. But you know what I'm going to is is. In the case of, you know, like it looked like for Chicago and ended up losing to us in the playoffs, uh, how much more is it worth risking losing a player than risking a loss that counts? Like, I think that making sure that you go into every game as prepared as you can be, uh, I think that 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 bodes more. Because look at they got a loss again this year against a Green Bay Packer team that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers did not look prepared at all. He did not have a good game. He put together one good drive, and that ended up winning the game for them. Chicago was the better team all the way around during that game, and they still lost. Coming into that game, they got more talent, uh, maybe not the quarterback position, but they've got more talent everywhere else on the defense, on the offense. And they still were not able to put a win together, and that's because they weren't prepared. And I think that a lot of that, because we had a lot of a lot of uh, um, you know mental errors on our side of the ball against Atlanta, 
uh, that had we not had, including Aguilar dropping that ball, had we not had those errors, uh, we could have won that game. And I'm not saying that that kind of thing is what uh, uh, beat us, but definitely not being prepared for every situation is something that – because, I mean, look at it, man. Without our two biggest guys, we didn't have any business being in that game, especially with the way that our front four was not getting after the quarterback when we have undoubtedly the most talented front four in football. When you go from all four positions – now, I'm not saying that we have a guy that's more talented than Aaron Donald, but Fletcher Cox is one heck of a dude at that position. I mean, he at the defensive tackle position, he's, he's, he's my number two in the league. So, you know, right behind Aaron Donald. So, you know, it's like when you, when you have talent like that that still can't get to the quarterback, and one of the main guys on the, on the opposing offensive line, one of the guys that's blocking you, Fletcher Cox, is a rookie – and you still can't get through there to get to the quarterback? Come on, something's got to be going on, and I think it's got to do with mental preparedness. We were not and ready. Then, and then he goes out. The rookie gets injured and goes out, and he still can't beat him. <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll start to talk about uh, the week coming up, uh, what we've got going on this week, what's happened so far this week, and going into the Detroit Lions game. So uh, uh, stay with us. Welcome back to the Philly Convo. I'm your host, Josh Davis, and here with my co-host, Hunter Marchetto. And uh, uh, we just gave you, uh, you know, our thoughts and everything after the Atlanta Falcons game. Uh, we come back home this week. De- uh, Detroit comes in. Um, you know, they, they made a big uh, free agent signing uh, o- over the offseason. Uh, you know, getting C.J. Anderson from the from the Rams, a guy that floated around most of the season, but landed in L.A. and uh, you know he made a uh, um, you know he made a splash out there, uh, but they just cut him uh, in favor of signing a guy that the that the Giants just uh, just waved in and running back Paul Perkins. Now, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, man. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe I should, but I don't. So you know something's going on in the backfield there in Detroit. Uh, where, where they feel like this guy, Paul Perkins, gives them a better chance at, uh, you know, being competitive than uh, C.J. Anderson did. Um, you know, but they come in, Matthew Stafford, say what you want. Uh, he's, he's not been very consistent, and that's the real reason why we talk about him not being an elite quarterback, because the man can throw the ball. Uh, he's got two guys on the outside, Marvin Jones and, and uh, Kevin Gall- Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, They've got Carryon Johnson in the backfield, among others. Uh, you know, I don't know. Ziggy Ansah has is, is been, uh, you know, uh, listed as questionable for this week. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, but when you look at this Detroit Lions team, uh, they tied their very first game, um, you know, against the Cardinals. I don't know why they – I don't know what it was with that defense that allowed them to – um, you know, to allow the Cardinals to get back into it. But when you look at this Detroit Lions team, um, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in uh, one and one. They just beat the Chargers. Uh, what do you see about this team? You know, and that's what I'm talking about. They can lose every game and beat, beat high-level teams. 
You know, they tied Arizona, but they beat the Chargers. So it's like you never know what uh, um, what what Lions team you're going to get. Uh, but what do you see with these guys as they come into town this week? Well, it's like I said. I mean, these – it's not like the Lions haven't historically, you know, been bad against us. I mean, I you know, I can't remember – the last time, especially in the last decade, in which we just absolutely laid the biggest hurting on them. But um, they're a sneaky team. You might be able to start off slow against them, but you also might get the kind of Lions that you can't. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if, if we happen to run into that, that's going to be a problem. And I don't know how they're going to be able to adjust to that because they sure as hell didn't just well last time uh, on Sunday. And so... Um, this this week is truly in, in, in Doug Peterson's hands and, uh, and and really the entire roster's hands. If they want to come out and play like they don't have any sense, then, you know, and I understand, you know, this is all uh, very partial. You know, I'll be the first to say that uh, me nor Josh have played in the NFL recently. Uh, but... It, it goes without saying that for any job that you have, it doesn't matter where. For any job that you have, preparedness is number one. Yep. And uh, if 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 the Eagles want to come out prepared, awesome. Because that's the Philadelphia Eagles that I love to watch, and that's the Eagles team that won a Super Bowl, and that's the that's the, that's the Eagles team that that saw uh, that you know that that really defined the next man up mentality. And so if that's the Eagles team that wants to come out, not only are they going to win against Detroit, but they're going to come out and win against the Packers as well. They're going to come out and, and, and do it and embody that next man up mentality. If they don't want to be prepared, they'll only win one of those two teams. Because when you really look at it, the Eagles should win both of those games with the talent that they have on that field. 110% without a doubt. And uh, it's, it's totally up to them. It's whatever they want to do. That's that's just really all there is to it. Yeah, you know, we've got the talent to beat anybody in the league. Um, we just were not prepared, whether it was uh, mentally or or Peterson didn't prepare the guys to have that uh, next man up mentality. And, I, you know, it, I get it. It's, uh, um, you know, you're, you're in a game and it's against a, a team that you play often, so you know them and then – all of you, you go in with one idea, and all of a sudden that's shaken up, and you've got to go in with another plan. Uh, but look, man, like you alluded to, in every in every single occupation out there, you're going to face adversity. Everybody play, faces adversity. It's how prepared you are, uh, you know, to 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 battle that uh, that that'll show whether or not you're a winner. You know, there's there's a there's a there's a phrase for it, man. The five P's. Proper planning prevents poor performance. And are we going to be properly prepared? Uh, today, we canceled practice and, and uh, uh, we went through a walkthrough instead. Uh, believe that that's, you know, to, to help these guys uh, that are banged up. You know, you know, the practice itself was not what we canceled today. And there's a there's a there's been a little bit more than what I think should be made of this. Uh, this was going to be a, one of the 14 fully padded practices this was on the schedule to be that where they hit live uh everybody but the quarterback hits live 
and they instead decided not to do that to go through a walkthrough. We are preparing for two games within 10 days of each other. Uh, you know, two games within four days of each other. We play Sunday, and then we travel. Uh, yeah, we travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers. And we need as many people healthy as we can. And this is not something that other teams don't do. Almost every team does this. They will usually they don't pre-plan a, a practice like this uh, within that time frame, but sometimes they do. Uh, but you know, canceling that to to go to through a walkthrough or having all walkthroughs the week before going into that is not uncommon. Uh, but what are your thoughts on it? Is there do do we should we look into this a little bit more, or or do you think that this is just to get these guys that are banged up so that they don't uh, you know get more banged up, or we don't lose anybody else heading into the weekend? Well, one thing that um, you know I know a lot of walkthroughs are used for is to be. It, it, when you want to emphasize preparation or rest rather over preparation, um, that's a lot of the time we see walkthroughs used. And so um, with this, I sincerely hope that that's not the case at all, because not only are we not rested, but we're also, we're also not prepared <laughs> in the slightest. And so, um, it also could be an issue in which uh, we're seeing Doug Peterson kind of like, look, we're all injured. This is a perfect time to kind of sit and, and, and just go through the fundamentals and what we need to do and, and how we need to do it. And You know, practice, you can only practice for so long. If you're doing a walkthrough, you could do a walkthrough the entire day and no one's really going to get tired. Might get annoyed, but they're not going to get tired. And so on. Um, I'm just going to say for the sake of the uh, sake of argument and hoping to God that that's exactly what happened today, that we saw um, that we saw the Eagles uh, kind of looking at a fundamentally, what can we do better? Are, are we overthinking things? Are we not thinking things enough? Are we, you know, looking in places that we shouldn't? Are we performing in ways that we shouldn't? You know, so. The injuries are a massive part. I have no doubt about that. However, um, I think as far as today's concerned, a walkthrough is just a walkthrough. You never, you hardly ever see. It's been unprecedented to see a, a walkthrough this early in the season, um, and it's a little concern. It's, it's a little concerning, and that goes back to my strength training frustration. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and and obviously. Uh, Doug hasn't won a Super Bowl ring for no reason. So he, he I, I think he knows what he's doing, but um, it's definitely concerning and something to watch for in the future. Yeah, and they're starting a whole lot of, uh, of things, you know, earlier on in the season. Uh, not this week, but next week is, is the first week of buys, uh, you know, and, and and so we normally don't see that before week five, but, uh, um, you know, that's, that is the case. Uh, for this year is is bye weeks uh, start there. So uh, having a Thursday game uh, in in week three is also new, um, you know, because we don't, uh, you know, the way that they do that uh, is is you know they're trying to let's see they're trying to uh, um, trying to lessen all that by having a bye after the two games. Uh, so, but 
still. Do we play our Thursday game against the Lions? No, not this Thursday. Next Thursday. Next Thursday against the Packers. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yeah, next Thursday is uh, um, is when we do that. So, um, but uh, you know, they generally do have a bye week uh, scheduled around those those games, but we don't have one. Uh, our our bye week comes later on in the season. It's in week ten. Uh, they've changed the way that they do a lot of the scheduling. So, you know, not only are we going to play two games within 10 days of each other, but, you know, there's also going to be a third one there within 20. So, uh, you know, that's, that's just not necessarily what you, uh, what you always see. So, you know, yeah, there will be a longer time between, uh, the Thursday game against the Packers before we go to see the Jets, um, but still, they generally try to put a bye week somewhere around in there when you're playing that quickly uh, with that quick of a turnaround. So uh, from this week to next week. So, you know, we've got to get prepared physically. We've got to get prepared mentally. Um, and we saw a lot of mental uh, uh, and, and, you know, we'll just put it there, physical uh, mistakes happen on the field, especially in the secondary and I'm talking about this because I'm leading into what I was uh, referring to earlier um, about the rumors going around. Uh, but, you know, it's not a rumor that uh, Jalen Ramsey has requested a trade out of Jacksonville. And it's also not a rumor that Philadelphia is interested. And I, I don't – I like it. I, uh, um, I would like to see Jalen Ramsey in a Philadelphia Eagle uniform. Uh, part of that is being a Florida State Seminole fan. Part of that, more of that, is uh, you know what he can do on the field when he's used correctly. I'm not sure that we're going to be one of those teams, but he definitely makes our secondary uh, better. It makes the way that we play better because we do leave our corners on islands. We definitely do that. Uh, and he's better at that than anybody else is, especially uh, when it comes to our current roster. Now, I'm not digging at the secondary, I like what we have here. I think that, uh, you know, even though Darby was exposed uh, Sunday night, I don't think that's something that uh, is going to be, you know, something we need to worry about in the long term. He's definitely on the uh, on the upper end of talent in the league when it comes to cornerbacks. Um, I already said that I thought that Razul Douglas uh, played, even though he did get 10 catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. He played Julio Jones well, and he didn't shy down. And I like to see that out of a young guy. So I, I'm happy with where he's going. Uh, and Sidney Jones did, did, did well. Um, he got in on a lot of tackles uh, and, and was there on plays. But if we bring in a guy like Jalen Ramsey, he not just brings in his talent. A lot of people don't like his attitude, but I like the swag that he brings. And he does talk a lot, but he doesn't talk when he's struggling. You know what I mean? It's like he doesn't do this and go out there and play a bad game. He talks when he plays well. So if they continue to go hand in hand, uh, then, then I welcome it. But uh, moreover, if we go after him, and I saw this earlier from somebody on, 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 on social media, if we go after him and we get him, I trust Howie 100% to have done everything that needed to be done, do all the due diligence on this guy, and do something that is going to, you know, if this transaction makes sense for Philadelphia, I believe in Howie 100%. If we don't go after him and we don't do this, I believe in Howie 100%. 
That means that there was something there that he didn't like and didn't see as a good fit for our Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, I trust him 100%. What do you think, Hunter? Well, (laughs) I'm really mixed on this because I'm in the little percentage that, you know, really doesn't like the kid's attitude whatsoever. Um, It's a little frustrating. Um, But at the same time, if uh, if the Eagles went after him, I don't think you can really doubt he'd go to any team. I'm not sure you can really doubt um, he he would bolster in in, any secondary in the NFL. Um, I see him with heavy ties. And I don't know if you've seen, did you see all day that they were heavily tying him to Oakland? Well, I saw that, but I also saw the ties with us too. Uh, there's a bit of a rumor right now that the two first-round draft picks that they're asking for have already been offered by Philadelphia, and he has started following multiple members of the Philadelphia Eagles on, on uh, social media today. Well, so, I, I can't confirm the first one. I can confirm that he followed six Philadelphia Eagles today. Um, I saw that and took a look at it myself, and um, – he did follow six Eagles today. Now, we have also seen – we've seen this in the NFL. We've also seen this in the NBA for any Sixers fans that, 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 that listen and, and like both sports. Uh, in the NBA, you'll see that a lot where players will often throw smoke screens. And uh, LeBron James following Ben Simmons <laughs> during his time of free agency. Um, but you'll see it – you can see it a lot in, in, in major sports. You know, players will throw smoke screens. But um... oh yeah, don't get it twisted. I'll, I'll I'll come back to you in just a second. Don't get it twisted. I don't put it put a whole lot of emphasis on this. And here at Pigskin Nut, we don't we don't uh, print and we don't report rumors. You won't hear us put any stock in any of these rumors. We won't let you know until it's one hundred percent right. Because I know that here uh, we believe in in being credible over being fast. So I don't want to put anything out there that's that's simply a rumor and try to report it as fact. And you do see this type of stuff before. I'll note that two of the guys that he started started following on the Eagles are also former Florida State Seminoles. Uh, now, he did not play with either one of them, uh, but they are still uh, uh, former members of the same football uh, program. And I think, and you know, that's that's also important to note, but at the same time, you know, why wasn't he following them before? You know, there's there's a lot of stock that can be taken into. Um, I, I do believe that there is stock that can be taken. You know, ob- obviously, you know, he could be planning on on on, you know, coming to Philly. And obviously he's he's been told I think he has a solid say in where he goes. Um, and, I, and, and when you think about it, it kind of makes perfect sense for him to come to Philly uh, if you're Jacksonville simply because you don't play Philly on a, on a yearly basis. You're not in the same conference. You will never run into them in the playoffs. And so what's, what's the harm in sending him to Philly? And we have that relationship. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and when, when it comes to that kind of relationship, the, the kind of, uh, that, that, that kind of thing, you know, you know, we're going to allow our, you know, Super Bowl MVP quarterback to come to you, that's not quickly forgotten. Granted, he was a free agent, but the Eagles could have, you know, there was talks beforehand. 
And, uh, you know, he, he was predicted to go to Jacksonville well before the season ended. Yeah. And um, I think he, he would absolutely, he would bolster the secondary. Um, I hope he keeps his mouth shut a little bit. Um, maybe not talk so much, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where uh, it's 110% up to him. And if, if, if he ends up coming to Philly, I'll, I'll be excited. I'm not going to hold my breath simply because I am a Philadelphia sports fan. And I am tired of holding my breath and getting my hopes up for stuff. However, I will be overall, I'll be pleased. Though I don't like his attitude, I would be pleased. But there are some pretty telling signs that he could be coming to Philadelphia. And for those, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, and, uh, um, you know, we're not going to, uh, you know, like you said, get, get any type of hopes up, um, you know, for a number of reasons. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, in the past, uh, a top shutdown corner come to Philadelphia and uh, uh, not be used correctly. I know that a lot of people just think that Namdi Asamoah uh, just didn't pan out to be what he was in Oakland. Well, there's a reason for that. They ran a lot of man defense in Oakland and we bring a man shut down corner and to play the type of zone that we did at the time. It's a different type of zone than what we run now. And there are the completely different coaching staffs uh, than what there was before. So, you know, we've ruined one. I don't want to ruin another, uh, but I would like, uh, I, I would, I would love for Jalen Ramsey to come to Philadelphia. If he doesn't, uh, I, I believe that that would be also the right choice that, you know, that Howie, We've definitely shown interest. There have been corroborated reports that we have sent an offer to Jacksonville for him. Now, it was declined because it was a low ball, and that's what you do, uh, you know, first offer, you know, just to show that you are interested. Um, you know, if that had been taken, then, you know, maybe we should look at, at the deal at first. But um, I trust Howie. Uh, he has proven over and over again uh, that that he's one of the best, if not the best, general managers in the NFL, and uh, I trust him 100%. If we get him, that's because Howie believes that he can help us and fits with us, and he has done his due diligence uh, in this transaction. And if we don't get him, like I said before, that means that Howie did his due diligence and did not see him as a fit. Uh, you know, so. If he comes, he comes, and I'll be elated. But if he doesn't, then, uh, you know, it wasn't meant to be. I'm not going to get my hopes up, even though I am, uh, like I said, a Florida State Seminole fan, and I, I, I tend to root for guys that played there, like Ronald Darby, uh, like Nigel Bradham, uh, like Josh Sweat. All of those guys are former Florida State Seminoles. Um, so, you know, I, I love that they're in that eagle green. Uh, you know, so it, I would not argue about getting another one in here, but at the same time, if he doesn't come, he doesn't come. And, uh, you know, everything else is yet to be seen. But we are a team that does have room in the cap to pay him, uh, you know, to get him signed long term, because that's something that's going to have to happen. Because, you know, they're, they're going to trade him. There's a lot of people out there trying to speculate, saying that they're not going to trade him. They are going to trade him. I think that that was the idea all year. Honestly, I think that was the idea by not paying him because he's in a contract year. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Though. We'll see if he ends up being in Philadelphia. And if you have any question about it, 
the fact that the the Jaguars play on Thursday and we play on Sunday, uh, they've already said that nothing was going to be done until Friday on this on this trade. He would not be able to suit up for us on Sunday if he was traded to us on Friday. Uh, the NFL does not allow players to be on two separate 46-man rosters, active game day rosters, within the same week of each other. So they don't allow it. Uh, so he would not be able to play until the Thursday game. So, um, you know, so it, it, it's uh, um, and when I say week, I don't mean like week. I mean, like week one, week two, like th- as soon as Monday got here, it would be a new week. So it's not a calendar week. It's a league week. So, um, you know, that that's going to wrap it up for us here at the Philly Convo. Uh, you know, like I said before, I'm your host, Josh Davis. That's my co-host, uh, Hunter Marquetto. And, uh, um, you know, we are, we are brought to you by Pigskin Nut Radio and pigskinnutradio.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football radio. Whether you're driving to work on lunch break, driving home, or just having a nice relaxing evening, it's always better when you're getting your football fix. Whether it's breaking down players on a pro football scouting show, tuning in to controversial topics and debates on Pro Football Roundtable, if you love college football, check out our unbiased, all-encompassing College Football Central or exclusive shows on your favorite NFL teams with our current lineup, including the Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Browns, and our upcoming shows on the Broncos, Steelers, and Chiefs. This is the future of football radio. Make pigskinnut.com and pigskinnutradio.com your ultimate source for football news and radio. It is the football news and radio that you've been missing. And if you're hearing this show on the live, on the stream, on the website, uh, and you missed any part of it, you can... Uh, Check down a little bit further on that site, the list of all of our podcasts, which every single show that we have that we air on Pigskin Nut Radio is also available in podcasts. So you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. You can find it on the website. And make sure you're checking Pigskin Nut and PigskinNutRadio.com for our, uh, uh, our articles that come out on a daily basis, talking everything football from the college game to the pro game to the upcoming XFL league uh, that will be started in 2020. On the, pro, on the pigskinnutradio.com site, you can follow our live Twitter and Facebook feeds. And from there, you can also find us at Convo Philly. That is at Convo Philly uh, to get us on Twitter. So make sure you're checking us out there too. For Hunter, I'm Josh. Thanks for listening. Fly, Eagles, fly.